You're listening to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. Your host, Jennifer Hofferberg, is an award-winning veteran special educator who shares her experience, knowledge, and passion to help other special educators survive and thrive in this profession. Join her and other guests as they share tips and tricks of the trade for the ever-crazy, completely overwhelming, laugh-so-you-don't-cry profession of being a special education teacher. Hey there, welcome back to the SPAD Prep Academy podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer, and this podcast was created to guide special educators in their journey to become amazing teachers. My goal is to provide you with the support and training you need to become a highly effective, highly successful special educator. If special education is your calling and you are in this for the long haul, then this is the place to be, and I'm going to be right by your side helping you learn everything you can about being a great special educator. If you're new around here, in addition to being a special education teacher, I am also extremely passionate about teaching other teachers how to effectively work with the teaching assistants or paraprofessionals who work in their department. Out of everything we learn in college, it has been my experience that this is an area that is forgotten about. We are not intentionally taught how to work with our staff, how to train them, how to support them, what to look for when hiring them, and how to be a leader to them. Whether you are just starting out in this field and are struggling with how to supervise and train your staff, or if you've been working in your position for a while and you just need some advice for how to begin building your department into a true team, I can help. I've created a 10-step guide to begin creating a team culture with your staff, and you can get it for free at www.spedprepacademy.com team. It includes 10 easy-to-implement steps to learn how to build the team you've always dreamed of, and I can speak from experience when I say that these 10 steps completely transformed my leadership abilities just a few short years ago. I went from feeling frustrated, burned out, and resentful because of things like my paras were coming to school late, they were on their phones all the time, they weren't where they were scheduled to be, or they were constantly bickering with each other, to being highly confident in my leadership skills, knowing how to clearly communicate with my staff and building relationships that aided in high retention rates and happy paras. And I want that for you as well. So again, just go to spedprepacademy.com slash team and get access to those 10 steps for free. This week's episode is part two of a three-part series on how to run a resource room. Last week, I taught you how to go about setting up your room and the components that I felt needed to be incorporated into your classroom. So if you missed that episode, make sure you go back and listen to episode 75, but you don't need to have listened to that episode to be ready for what I want to talk about today, and that is how to schedule within a resource room. If you are a resource teacher or most likely any special education teacher and you find scheduling to be an easy task, I'd love for you to get in touch with me so that I can learn from you because it has definitely been a nightmare of a chore from day one. I like to compare my final schedule to a Tetris board because quite literally, that's what it looks like. And the reason it is so difficult to schedule for special education, especially a resource room where there are quite a few adults to schedule for, it is because there are so many outside variables that a lot of us have no control over. And these variables make our lives and our jobs harder and can include things like teaching multiple grade levels, general education schedules, special schedules, related service schedules, building expectations and policies, and so on and so on. So when you begin to create a schedule that works for your students and for your paraprofessionals, there's always one of those outside variables that screws it all up. And then when you just think that you have it figured out and things are moving along smoothly, something happens. A new student moves in, a student moves away, two students are staffed in, a para quits, services need to be added. It never fails, and it is just part of the fun times that go along with being a special educator. 
So I want to teach you how to schedule based on the way that I do it and the way that my building structures things so that you have a framework for what it could look like. But just keep in mind that what works for one will not work for everyone. Your situation may be completely different from mine, but at least you can get the basics of how to organize a schedule for a resource room. When I first started doing this, I can remember it like yesterday, Mindy, my co-teacher and I would get out this big portable whiteboard and a brand new set of vis-a-vis markers and it would literally take us days to build the schedule, trying to get everyone's minutes covered, trying to make sure we had a lunch and a plan time, building in transition times for students to move to a different teacher or para. It was a task that we dreaded every single year. But now we have a system down that works well and it takes about half the time that it used to and it is a whole lot less stressful. So this is what we do. We use a Google Sheet. You can use Excel. It's the same thing. We take the first column and divide it into five-minute increments, starting with when school starts and ending with when school ends. So for us, it's 7.30 to 3.30. Now, five-minute increments might sound a bit crazy, but trust me when I say that every five minutes counts, and you will have overlaps where you're going to need something covered for just a tad bit longer. Then at the top row going across, we list all of the teachers and paraprofessionals who will be involved. If you have co-teachers and they are willing to work on a schedule with you instead of creating a schedule for each of you independently, that is what I would recommend. Now, I understand that not everyone has that luxury and you may be the only resource teacher in the building, or maybe you are not able to get along with another teacher to make this happen. But when you combine your resources, you can get a lot more accomplished. So at the top of ours, we have nine columns for two teachers and seven paraprofessionals. And then we assign everyone a different color, and we color coordinate our names with that color. I'm always orange. Mindy is always purple. The paras stay the same color for as long as they are with us. And I'll tell you why this color will come in handy later. Then Mindy and I look through the IEPs and write down who needs what. How much inclusion time do they need for reading or math? What pull-out services do they need? Do they need assistance at lunch, or are they a bus student? Do they need sensory breaks during the day? We assign each subject an, or activity a color, like light blue for reading inclusion, dark blue for reading pull-out, light orange for math inclusion, dark orange for math pull-out. Sensory room has its own color. Specials classes have their own color. Even recess and bus have their own color. This will help later to make sure that you have all of the minutes covered for each student. If you were just to make it black and white, your eyes would hate you within 30 minutes, I promise. And then we start filling in the boxes. We put our plan times in for when we want them, and we schedule ourselves a lunch before doing anything else. Of course, they might have to be moved around at some point, but they are made a priority. Now, this might sound a little self-serving, but I promise you, if you don't do this beforehand, it will get missed or forgotten, and before you know it, the schedule is done, and you don't have these built in. Next, we start filling in the boxes for our highest-needs students first. Before I go any further, I have to tell you that before we do any of this scheduling, we get to know our paraprofessionals first. We give them a survey to find out their preferences within the job. We want to know if they prefer working with older students or younger ones. Do they like inclusion more or pull out more? Are they okay with feeding and toileting? Who can do bus duty and recess duty? This survey helps us know who to schedule where, and it has made our lives so much easier because we then have happy paras. Instead of forcing them to do something that they don't like and then having them resent the job down the road. Now, of course, they can't always have their way, but even if we can give them one or two of the things they prefer, 
It shows that we care about them and we want them to be happy. I will link that survey in the show notes so that you can use it with your staff. So back to filling in the boxes. We fill in our highest needs students first because their schedules are typically one-on-one and we have to make sure that they are covered all day. Another thing we don't do is place a para with the same student all day long, and I explained why we don't do that way back in episode 16. After we have all of our high-needs students filled in, we look at the master building schedule and start deciding who is going to teach what and at what time. I'm lucky to work with administration who understand the importance of not allowing individual general education teachers to have full reign over their schedules. I've tried to schedule for that in the past, and it is just a migraine waiting to happen. Instead, our principal lets the teachers choose when they teach each subject, but the grade level or the quad of teachers will all be teaching the same core subjects at the same time. That way we can pull for, say, third grade reading, and we can get all of the students who need pull-out time during that block of time. So if this isn't the case for you and you are trying to schedule for all of the different general education schedules, I really want to encourage you to advocate for yourself with your administration. Let them know how they can help create building schedules to help you meet minutes in a more efficient and less stressful way. Another thing that they can do is to group students who have IEPs into fewer classrooms. I understand the thought process behind not wanting to put all of the kids with IEPs with one teacher. I get that. But when you put one child in each teacher's room, you are spreading your resources way too thin. Ask your administration if you can help select where your students are placed for maximum efficiency. This will help with covering inclusion, pull-out times, recesses, lunches, all kinds of things. We schedule all of the direct instruction with a certified teacher and all of the inclusion and academic support with the paraprofessionals. I typically teach all of the math and Mindy does the reading, but if a reading group needed covered and she wasn't able to do it, then I would pick it up. And that is where the colors of the subjects comes in handy. Say I'm teaching fifth grade math from 845 to 945, I will block that off in the math pullout color and write the names of all the students I'll be teaching. And if you haven't figured it out yet, what this means is I may be teaching some of the other teachers caseload students. And we communicate this to the parents during IEP meetings. We say something like, I am the case manager for Tommy's IEP and paperwork, and I'll be the one communicating with you, but he will only have me for math, and he'll have the other special education teacher for reading. There's never been any issues with doing it this way. It just takes two people or three or even four people we've done it with who are willing to work this way. You have to put trust in the other individuals and be willing to communicate about present levels, needs, concerns, paraprofessionals, etc. But it has been a highly successful way of scheduling. When you're done and you still have some holes in the schedules here and there, Mindy and I fill in those spots with time for copying to be done, time for the room to be cleaned and organized take the therapy dog out for a break, or take him to recess, or just to be available to cover when someone else is gone. Now, I'm not going to lead you to believe that this is an hour-long process. It's not. It's going to take some time, and it might even be something you want to do a little work on and then take a mental break and come back to. But once we have all of the required times for our students filled in, and everything looks good, and we've double-checked our numbers, We have our paras look at it for any mistakes or overlaps or conflicts that we might not have seen. Next, we make a template on Google Slides for the individual schedules and have all of the paras get at a computer and type up their schedule. These schedules have three columns. On the left is the time, in the middle is the subject, students, and classroom, and the third one is the cover. For the cover column, we have them go through the master schedule and look to see who would be available to cover them if they were gone. 
Now, my district doesn't get subs for paras, so we have to be creative in figuring out how to cover everything. We make sure the high-needs kiddos are covered first, and we pull from inclusion classes or put two groups together to make sure our pull-out groups are covered. If a para is assigned to inclusion and they are the one who is absent, that inclusion class will be canceled as well. Then, once everyone has their schedule done and their covers selected, the schedules are ready to print, and this is where each of our colors come into play. We print each person's schedule onto their colored sheet of paper and put them on a ring and have several copies hung up around the room. Then, when someone is absent, it's easy to flip to the color of the person who's absent, write down who their covers are for the day, take a picture of the cover schedule, and shoot it out to everyone on our GroupMe app. Now, when I'm trying to describe this cover process to people, it often sounds confusing, but it's really quite a simple, effective process that we have going on. I can't imagine trying to rush around and figure out who's going to cover for whom when we get the text or phone call that somebody is out. Well, actually, I can't imagine it because I did it that way for many, many years. But this system has worked amazingly well for my building for five years. If you'd like to see pictures of this in action, I'll add them to the show notes on my website and you can take a look to see exactly what I'm explaining. Just go to www.spedprepacademy.com 76. I hope this has helped you break down the scheduling process. It doesn't have to be as difficult as we make it out sometimes. Next week, we will wrap up this series on resource rooms by talking about how to plan for a resource room, and I'll share with you some of the tools and resources I use to help me provide instruction. Thank you for sticking with me until the end. I can tell just by listening to this show that you are just as dedicated to the field of special education as I am, and you want to grow into an amazing educator. And I'm here for it. I'm here for you, and I am so thrilled to be able to share all of my wisdom of being a veteran SPED teacher on the SPED Prep Academy podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to share it with friends, go ahead and screenshot an image of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review. They give an instant boost to my ego, and they help others find the podcast as well. And then make sure you're following me on Instagram. I love to use that platform to add a little humor to our crazy days, as well as to provide you with motivation to get through the tough days, training on all sorts of topics that we need to know, and just overall support for what you do. You can find me on Instagram at Sped Prep Academy, and I've recently got into making some reels. They are way out of my comfort zone, but they are so fun to make. So make sure you check that out. If you liked what you heard today and realized you have found your SPED soulmate, please subscribe and then head over to spedprepacademy.com slash podcast to check out the show notes and sign up to be notified each time a new episode airs. Go out and have an amazing day and I'll catch you on the next episode.